Welcome to another edition of Solar Speaks. I'm Solar Power World Editor Emily Wild. San Diego recently became the first city in California to reach the solar cap in their utilities region. In light of this news, we are speaking with Matt Gordon, Manager of San Diego Project Development at Sullivan Solar, a San Diego-based solar contractor. He will discuss the impact of San Diego reaching the solar cap, net energy metering 2.0, and what this milestone will mean for the solar industry. So, Matt, thank you for being here today. Yeah, happy to be here. To start off, can you briefly tell us a little bit about Sullivan Solar as a company? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So Sullivan Solar Power started uh, back in 2004, uh, about 12 years ago, actually out of a garage. Uh, Daniel Sullivan was master electrician, decided that solar was the way of the future, and quit his job and started a company. Um, So we are headquartered in San Diego, but we do have two satellite offices up in Orange County as well as Inland Empire. And at this point, we have over 5,400 installations, which is most of any local company in Southern California. Right now, we are just about 150 employees as well and growing. Awesome. So granted that you're located in San Diego, maybe you can comment on the fact that San Diego has been the first to reach California's solar cap in its utility region, even beating larger metro areas, including San Francisco and Los Angeles. So this will require the San Diego Gas and Electric Territory to move to a new set of rules called Net Energy Metering 2.0. Can you give us an overview of Net Energy Metering 2.0 and maybe explain what the challenges of the previous cap were? Yeah, absolutely. So there was a lot of fight going back and forth between the utilities and the solar companies when the California Public Utility Commission was trying to decide what was going to happen for Net Metering 2.0. Ultimately, solar really prevailed. There were three main things that changed. First was the interconnection application fee. Second is non-bypassable charges. And third was being forced to switch over to a time of use rate when you go to solar. So the interconnection application fee for SDG&E customers is just going to be, I think it's $132. So at this point, that's something that we as a company are taking on. So that doesn't really affect the customer. The non-bypassable charges are basically to make it so that solar customers are paying their fair share as far as uh, public purpose programs, uh, nuclear decommissioning, competition transition, and the Department of Water Resources bond. So that's coming out to be about two to three cents per kilowatt hour that they're consuming from the grid. Ultimately, we're finding that that's about maybe 10 or $15 on average per month for our average customer. Lastly is being forced to switch over to a time of use rate. Now, this one does have a much larger impact on solar customers because previously when designing a solar system, all you really had to look at was the total amount of kilowatt hours that a customer was using in a year, and then you would design a system to produce that amount of kilowatt hours. What's happening now is by switching over to time of use, you're actually going to be getting billed based on the time during the day that you're using or producing energy. So it makes it a little bit more complicated when you're designing a system. Uh, what we're finding is not everybody has the capability to actually analyze all of this in software. So we're finding that there's more guesswork involved. So it is important when you're designing a system to actually use something called green button data, which can be found for all the major utilities. And it will use all your historical usage to let us analyze when you use electricity and ultimately determine if we overlay that with the production of the system, how that's actually going to pay out for the future years. 
So it, what we're finding is that most people, it's actually more beneficial to switch over to a time of use option than to stay on the standard tiered rates that they have been on. But every once in a while, somebody has strange usage, which makes it so it might not make as much sense. So it is important to have somebody actually analyze the existing usage that you have and overlay that with what the predicted output of the system will be. One thing I did want to mention is that SDG&E customers, it's, it's a little bit different. And that's because SDG&E has not settled their rate case with the California Public Utilities Commission to decide what the finalized time windows are going to be for time of use. What that means is that until those rates are settled, or the, the windows are settled, it's going to make it so that anybody who goes solar before that point is grandfathered into the current time of use windows. So this is a big advantage to know what the time of use windows are going to be for the next five years. That grandfathering period does go away as soon as the rates are finalized. So why should other states take note of what California is doing in the net metering space? It's important to see what's going on in California because if if you compare it to what happened in states like Arizona and uh, Nevada, those states basically eliminated the solar market by making laws that made it so it was not even attractive to go solar anymore. So California has done a great job of giving the utilities a little bit of what they want so they don't feel like they're losing too much, while also encouraging more residential customers to go solar. So it's important to keep that going because it's easing the amount of energy that people are having to rely on the grid for. Okay. And then to wrap it up, maybe we can end with a couple questions just about Sullivan Solar in general. So can you think of a project or an installation that your company is particularly proud of and why? We have a lot of great installations that we've done, especially on the commercial and municipal side. Most recently, we did get our largest contract to date, which was a 1.5 megawatt system that's all across six schools for Encinitas Unified School District. But it really is difficult to kind of pin it down because we've done, I mean, staples all over Southern California. We did installations on UCSD, San Diego State, Port of Long Beach, Port of San Diego, Camp Pendleton. We recently got about seven churches done as well. So we really are all about turning the entire community solar. And it's really not just a business. It's about changing the way that we produce energy in the country. So I know that the ultimate goal is really to take everybody off grid, which would be amazing. Definitely sounds like you have a lot to be proud of as a company. And finally, where do you see the solar industry in five years? I think that the solar industry in five years is probably going to be headed a lot more towards energy storage. Right now, batteries are a little bit too expensive to be a viable financial option for most residential homeowners. The only people who really use them are people who are uh, kind of living in a cabin out in the woods kind of thing, so they need to go entirely off-grid. But I think in five years, batteries are going to be a much cheaper technology, which is going to let people start utilizing batteries to really shorten the payback period on their solar. I think solar panels will probably continue to come down in price as well. All right. Well, Matt, it's been great having you. Thank you so much for being here to share your insight today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. This has been another edition of Solar Speaks. Thanks for listening, and please tune in next time. Mm -hmm.